Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 333 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. It is Friday Eve. No, don't ever say the word Thursday out loud. Unless you talk. Well, no, there's just no reason to say it. Friday Eve. It just sounds better. It feels better. Helps you get everything uh, flowing a little bit better, right? Heading towards the weekend. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff coming up. Uh, my old buddy, Dr. Keith Ablo, is going to be here at uh, 533. Looking forward to uh, catching up with him and uh, Brian Maloney. I, I, I've told you many times about Brian's past. Boy, it is an illustrious uh, career, a, a rather exciting life that uh, Brian has uh, engaged in, still is is doing wonderful stuff today, but uh, brilliant on talk radio and uh, then running campaigns and help. I mean, there's just so much that Brian's been involved with, and we imposed on him a while ago. I said, hey, could you join us every couple of weeks? And then when we get close to the election, I want to bump that up to once a week. And, and he, he said yes, and I'm happy to say he's here. Brother Maloney, welcome, my friends. Hey, good to be back, Jeff. Yeah, it's like a Friday Eve right now, right? Pre-Friday. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, it's Friday <laughs> Eve. It's so much better than Thursday. Uh, <laughs> well, dude, I, I, I love having you here, and uh, I, I really do appreciate you taking time to be here. I, I, I want to ask you to, to give us the lay of the land. You have this uh, unique perspective from broadcasting and campaign operation and all this other stuff. Uh, how do you see things playing out? Because we keep hearing, oh, you know, the Democrats are going to pull Joe Biden. They're going to get somebody else to replace him. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that as long as Joe Biden is breathing, has a pulse, is sort of able to kind of walk, you know, and with a few steps at a time without stumbling, um, he is the he's their nominee, and there's not a thing you can do about it within that party. Uh, I don't I don't know how you stop that because who has the power? I mean, the only the only real power would be the cabinet getting together and voting to uh, to remove Biden from from power altogether, and then that ends the whole thing. But they're not going to do that. So what we have instead is this ridiculous situation where a man who has no business being president, never had any business being president, uh, is so far past. Uh, the, the you know any any reasonable point where he should have left mm-hmm. office um and and it just becomes more embarrassing by the day and you know the thing that bothers me is this idea of of the 
the, his dog uh, biting all the Secret Service agents. I mean, they have more. They have a couple dozen documented incidents, and I saw the chart. They actually had it all charted out, and how many of the agents had to go into to the hospital for treatment. And you know, you know, this is so. So, what is this about? What does this mean? Well, you know, this has been a consistent issue with Biden's dogs biting mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. people around him. Yep. Well, if you know anything about dogs, why would dogs do this? Uh, you know, they don't just bite people in a vacuum. You know, I mean, it, it, it means sometimes they do, but usually it's because they're responding to the way they're being treated uh, by their owner. I think I think that's the problem. And, you know, we know that Biden was pulling that previous dog by the tail. That was documented earlier. So, so there are things going on in there that are just horrifying. And the media wants you to focus on Trump hate, Trump hate, Trump hate, Trump hate, and avoid and ignore Biden. Uh, and and I don't know if it's possible to do that forever without, I mean, you just look at Biden and you say, how can this man be president? You know, Brian, you bring up the dogs, and what a great point. I, I just flashed back a couple of years ago where there was all sorts of coverage from, you know, those real reporters and serious journalists about how uh, Donald Trump was going to be the first president with out a dog in so many years and what a horrible thing and a terrible lesson to uh, uh, to small children and puppies and I don't know house plants and whatever why it was just the worst thing ever and now you've got the case the Bidens now have given away commander this was the the second dog that they've given right. away. 26 recorded incidents of that dog biting people to a point that those people had to seek medical attention and, and you and I are the only two people talking about it well, it is absolutely incredible because I think it says so much. And, you know, they will bash Trump over absolutely anything uh, and ignore. And, you know, you talk about the media and, you know, the one reporter who was actually, you know, covering anything about the Bidens within the old traditional three networks was Catherine Harridge of, of CBS. Uh, and she was not only fired uh, unceremoniously, what was that last week, yes. but Apparently, they seized all of her files, records, uh, secret sources. They took everything from her on the way out. Um, they wiped her devices. And, you know, some of that is typical when you leave a company. I get it. But they really went after. They wanted all of the secret stuff. And I think that they were absolutely acting on the orders of the White House. I mean, she was doing real journalism inside CBS. And the Bidens and the White House, Washington, didn't like this. What do you think the future is? And I'm not asking you to do uh, real honest-to-goodness predictions, but, you know, there are a lot of people, myself included, who look at the Catherine Herridge situation. She's the only person really on the national stage doing that sort of stuff. She is somehow, some way caught up that they claimed it was budgetary. I don't buy that for a second. And the... The, the taking of the records, as you point out, some things are expected. Look, you, you, you're no longer working for a company. Guess what? Your key card doesn't work anymore. You, you turn in your, right, right. your, your door fob and, uh, you know, you don't get invited to the, to, to the annual Christmas party if, if you're a company that still has one. That, that, that's expected. No great shock there. But they took everything, apparently. And I, I, I mean, that just seems out of the norm. 
Well, it does. And I hope she had backup copies of everything. You know, I hope that she saw this coming and realized that she needed to back up everything on, on the way out, or hopefully she was doing it all along. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm sure she knew every single day how precarious her position was being the only real journalist in amongst, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS. I mean, you know, at three networks, she was the one person doing anything. The rest of them are just lapdogs for the White House and the latest absurdities that none of us believe anymore, if anyone ever did, about, you know, trying to present the Bidens as some kind of rosy uh, presidential administration, even though polls show they are deeply, deeply unpopular. Do we have uh, a journalistic core that's going to survive? I mean, if she's gone, and, and I, I mean, I am really hard-pressed, and I, I, people think I'm, I'm over the top here, but I'm really hard-pressed to identify anybody else that's doing that sort of work. What, what's the future hold, my friend? No, I think, I think the bottom line is the media industry has kind of hollowed out uh, and anyone that was doing old-fashioned reporting is long, long gone, and what you have instead are... Uh, you know, interns, and they take the press releases straight from, you know, the talking points straight from the White House yep. and just print them as 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 the, you know, regime uh, expects, and that's it, and that's what journalism is. So I don't know why anybody still bothers to watch the news. I certainly don't, but once in a while you're stuck in a doctor's office, <laughs> you know, and you're waiting in the lobby, and it got that stupid thing blaring, yep. um, or one of those one of those ridiculous uh, morning shows on one of those networks, and they are just, uh, you know, gag-worthy. And uh, 10 or 15 minutes of sitting there listening to it, I, I want to throw a rock at the, you know, at the TV screen in there. Yep. But, you know, I don't want to upset them before my doctor's appointment. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? Absolutely. You'd, you'd still like them on your side before they go poking and prodding to figure out what exactly. it is that's, yeah. that's yeah. ailing you. So I don't know why they don't just... They should just leave it on the game show channel and, and the doctor's office. And that way people won't go into the, you know, to your checkup with your blood pressure elevated because, yeah. you know, you got, you were angry in the lobby. It's like, you know, yeah. um, why do you think my blood pressure yes. went up? You, you know, you had, you had that, that direct ABC, you know, morning stuff, uh, blared to, you know, on yeah. high volume. I mean, what, what was I supposed to do? Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it, it is bizarre, uh, and, and I'm I'm with you. I just I, I don't see a lot out there. I, I always ask you to give. You Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the twelve precious pieces of cargo. They are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 
sense and how the campaigns are going. Let me ask you uh, again about Nikki Haley, because South Carolina is coming up. I don't know, next week, today, whenever it is, I don't even know. She's going to have her clock cleaned in her home state. Is that it? Is that when she pulls the plug? Yeah, I mean, I I still don't understand at this point. I think I told you the last time, you know, the reason why she was still in the race was because there were still fundraisers being held and Mm -hmm. people were still contributing. And the primary, you say to yourself, well, okay, wait, why would anybody give her money? Uh, well, the reason people give her money, corporate CEOs would give her money so that they can say, hey, I tried to stop Trump. I did everything I could. I gave Nikki money um, and, you know, I gave it my best. But, you know, in the end, Nikki couldn't do it. So then you're, you've got kind of cover there, you know, right. so that you don't have to answer to whoever uh, for being, uh, you know, not sufficiently anti-Trump. So that's part of it. But so as long as the money keeps flowing, she's still in the race. But, I mean, ultimately, what does she want? I mean, maybe at the end it's some kind of negotiation with Trump. I don't know what for. I don't know what he would give her. Or it's a book deal or it's a Fox show or it's an MSNBC show or who knows what. But there's there's some ultimate point to this. That and I think that they are still hanging on to the fantasy, Jeff, that um, that Trump is going to be behind bars between now and November. There are a few of these people still hanging on to that kind of fantasy. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No, no, it's not. What do you think? The what, what's the over under? Set the bar here on Tulsi Gabbard as VP. Uh, I think I, I wouldn't put the odds very high there. I mean, if you really go into Tulsi's background. Um, and I think she's a decent person, but I mean, there are a lot of viewpoints there that are, um, uh, you know, that, that are not necessarily in line with anything that Trump's base would support. And, you know, her background is, is as a Harry Krishna. I don't know if you know that. I mean, um, that's, you know, there are issues like that that are going to come up. I, you know, I don't know who Trump's front runner is right now for VP pick. I, I, I look at all of them and I wonder, um, you know, what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I, listen, I, I, there's some folks that I like. I, I, I like Tim Scott. I like Vivek. Uh, uh, I, I, I like a lot of the people, but I, I don't know in this day and age, it's not a lot of traditional thinking where you say, oh, okay, well, he's, uh, he's a New Yorker. You balance him with somebody from the South, or he's a this or a that. You know, the, the VP, I think, for him is, is just, uh, oh, that's nice, because it, it, it's just not going to be a major player. Um, I have to, I, I, yeah. and I, and, and I, I, you, you feel free to tell me, Jeff, I can't do this, but I have to ask you something. You and I had a great conversation the other day and, and we were reminiscing a little bit, uh, the three year anniversary of the passing of Rush Limbaugh and, and, and Brian, I, I didn't hear anybody else talking about that last week. Now I, I, I led my show with that. We talked about it repeatedly because I thought, my God, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for right, Rush none of us. Limbaugh. Yeah, I, I almost well, no, did a gratitude. Well, and, and none of us would be here if not for Rush. You know, I started my first uh, experience in talk radio was in 1993. So, uh, and it was uh, Rush inspired all of us. And I had the pleasure of knowing Rush for the better part of two decades personally. And I worked with him behind the scenes on many issues. So I knew the guy. And you know, people say people ask me, "What was he like?" And, 
Uh, I tell him, you know, he was a very, he was actually a very shy, quiet man uh, without any of the bravado that you heard on the air. Um, uh, and it doesn't mean he was faking it or anything. It's just that, you know, it's a, it's a, he, he was the real thing. It was the, that was the side of Rush that you heard in the air. And he was very proud of that. Um, yep. But I think what Rush was doing ultimately was, and this is what we need to remember three years later, he was providing us with the tools each day to think about the news and analyze it in a way that, that everyone else was leaving out on purpose. So he was trying to get us to see what was really going on uh, rather than the narrative that was presented. So what Rush was trying to do on his show was not necessarily promote conservative politics. I mean, that just came with the package. Mm-hmm. But what he was really trying to do was be the best, most astute analyst of real. He called himself the mayor of Realville because it was about real politics and what was really happening and what instead of the narrative that you were being fed and to teach you how to see that yourself mm-hmm. so that when he was gone, you would know how to analyze it that way. But I think that a lot of that has been lost um, since then. I don't know. I, I don't see that kind of critical thinking out there. I, the leadership on the conservative side is really, really lacking these days, Jeff. It really is. It, it, it's almost a vacuum at this point. And yeah, it is. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 honestly, I sit here. I mean, you're far smarter than I am, Brian. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know uh, how to bring people around. I, I, I just was really blown away last week uh, with, with, with this lack of acknowledgement uh, relative to rush and you obviously had a, a, a far closer relationship and i think there are many of us who man, we're flat out envious and jealous man i mean it's it's just a beautiful thing but uh what he did was just so vital and I, i've said it before people have yelled at me but i'll say it again there are a lot of folks who are doing shows in that time slot noon to three eastern but there is nobody who has taken his place and there will never be anybody no no that's absolutely true and yeah and yeah there is a real void there now uh but i think the talk radio still has an enormous role to play Mm -hmm. in moving the needle and guiding things moving things forward in this country and that's what we need to do i think in his honor we need to champion talk radio itself because it's a, it's a medium that he reinvented. It yes. existed before Rush Limbaugh, but in a much smaller form, in a different form. And he made the, the talk radio as we know it today was essentially crafted and perfected by Rush Limbaugh. Uh, and so, you know, so what, what it's up to us to do is kind of carry that torch yep. forward uh, and, and it's not going to be, you know, people who are yakking on Twitter. That's not how that's carried forward. Um, those are little fiefdoms and cliques and things. No, no, no. We, 1994, we swept Congress through not only Rush, but thousands of, at least many hundreds of talk radio hosts across the country. Right. Um, we changed the country. We can do that again, but we need a party. We need a GOP. Uh, that wants to win elections. And part of that is changing the leadership at the top of the Republican Party and bringing in their people who want to win rather than people who want to sabotage us uh, and spend money in limos and flowers and chocolates and everything Ronna, uh, exactly. Romney McDaniel's doing. Exactly. Hey, uh, Brian, I'm, I'm out of time here, but I want you to take a couple of seconds. Where can people follow you, maybe even touch base with you? 
Yeah, so uh, on Facebook, it is uh, facebook.com slash Red Wave America, uh, Red Wave America. So that's one place where you can catch me. Uh, and on uh, Twitter, it is at S Scalpings. So S S C A L P I N G S S Scalpings uh, on Twitter. And uh, I've got other places, too, but I'll mention them next time. But that's a couple of them for now. Perfect. Well, we'll get them shared on our social media. Uh, we'll, we'll get every place that they can find the real deal. No baloney, Brian Maloney, online. And uh, I'm just always grateful to you for, uh, for making time for us, my friend. Thank you so much. Oh, you bet. A, a pleasure, Jeff. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. That is Brian Maloney. Uh, you need to check him out. And I'm hoping, you know, Brian is working on a book, and I, I can't wait for it to come out. And his relationship, by the way, with Rush, uh, the better part, Part of, I don't know, 20, 25 years, really, really close, personal, behind the scenes. And uh, I keep trying to get him just to share another detail or two because it's it, it's just like eating a, a a small piece of a delicious meal. He's a great guy. Brian Maloney, 351, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.